Hey everyone, Reese here once more with another ramble, another late ramble as it happens, uh, because this will be going out on Monday. And I originally intended for these to go out on a Sunday because uh, people uh, tend to listen to this kind of thing at the weekend rather than just on a random Monday afternoon. Um, but I've been completely unprepared once more. Uh, also had another busy weekend and not had time to sit down and record anything. So uh, yeah, this is going out today. Now, if I was a smart man, I would uh, also queue up next week and record that uh, this week during the week so it's ready to go. Uh, but uh, it remains to be seen whether that will actually happen. Uh, I guess you'll have to see on Sunday. But today I wanted to talk about a very ill-advised topic that uh, a lot of people are going to hear uh, first mention of and they're going to say, oh my god, why is he talking about that? Uh, you should not uh, not get involved with this whole debate. But I'm going to because uh, I want to. I want to wade in. And it's not, uh, it's not how it might uh, initially seem as well, so uh, just hear me out. So I wanted to talk about the retro problem. Now, if you're the kind of person who's uh, permanently online, uh, spends all day refreshing Twitter and Instagram and all that kind of stuff, you probably know what I'm going to talk about. If you're not, um, then you're incredibly lucky um, and you're probably, uh, you're probably better off just avoiding the whole thing. Although, to be fair, it's all kind of in the past and blown over now anyway. But um, I want to use it as a reference point for something else that I want to talk about, uh, something that should hopefully uh, all make sense in the end. Uh, and, and in the usual, uh, in the usual uh, way that I do, uh, I'm going to ramble a lot and uh, eventually, hopefully, it will all come to some kind of conclusion eventually, or maybe not. So, a few years ago, there was a chap called Richard Varty, and he started a YouTube channel called Top Hat Gaming Man. Now, this Richard Varty is... Uh, he was he was something to do with wrestling, and I'm, I'm not really into the world of wrestling, so I don't quite fully understand. I don't think he was actually a wrestler. Um, he was like an announcer or, or something, or uh, I don't know. But he played this character, um, this uh, posh evil guy that wore a top hat, um, and he was like the uh, he was like the bad guy in in this wrestling uh, situation. And um, he carried that character through and decided to use it for a YouTube channel and called the channel Top Hat Gaming Man. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a retro gaming uh, YouTube channel presented by a, a posh guy in a top hat. Or, um, yeah, well, I think so. I'm, I'm not actually a regular viewer of his channel. Um, and I'm not really saying that, you know, that's, that's no judgment either way. Um, and I'm not really saying that to kind of distance myself from the situation or anything, but um, it's just uh, it's kind of retro gaming content, you know, show some footage from the game and talk about the history of the game and that kind of stuff. And it's not really the kind of stuff that I watch. Um, so, yeah, I think I've seen a, f a couple of his videos over the years. But um, but anyway, uh, that's 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 all by the by. And... Um, yeah, so uh, his he he made videos for a few years, and then uh, a couple of years ago he made a video all about a game called Streets of Rage. I think it was Streets of Rage Two. Uh, it was one of the games in the series, anyway. And in this video he talked about a chap called Ray Harryhausen, who was an animator um, back in sort of the old black and white film days. He used to do like stop stop motion animation for um, stuff like Jason and the Argonauts and that kind of thing. You know, like armies of uh, skeletons coming to life and, and sword fighting and that kind of stuff. Really cool stuff, really like awesome uh, practical effects in the days before CGI. And um, yeah, so uh, basically I, I think the, uh, the Streets of Rage uh, animators had kind of cited this guy's work as an influence and uh, obviously of course that was mentioned in the video and uh, either uh, Richard, a top hat gaming man, or his editor uh, googled the guy's name, went out and found a photo of him, uh, stuck that in the video and stuck it up on screen for a few seconds while he talked about uh, about this guy's influence on the uh, artwork of the game. And of course video goes out, people watch it, you don't really think much more of it. 
So in the meantime, uh, Richard's wife, Chloe Varty, uh, starts her own YouTube channel as well. And her, her, her kind of subject matter is very similar to his and the kind of style of video and stuff. Um, stood there in front of the same uh, kind of the, the wall of games, their collection that they own, talking about the history of games and showing clips and, and pictures and that kind of stuff. Uh, her channel is called Lady Decade, by the way. I don't know if I mentioned that. Um, her, her, her channel uh, takes off quite quickly and, and becomes quite well established. Obviously, she's uh, it's a difficult subject to address. Um, but obviously, because she's female, she's obviously she obviously gets uh, a bit of abuse from people and, and that kind of stuff, which is which, which you know it, it's very unfortunate that uh, that uh, women feel that they they can't have a voice in our kind of. Um, you know, in our in our area and and that kind of thing, just because of the trolls and that kind of thing, uh, and also because uh, I think uh, I think her husband had, had kind of made a, a few enemies along the way as well um, for various reasons that I won't go into, um, and had a lot of the same sort of criticism criticism uh, directed at her and at her channel. So uh, yeah, so anyway, it, it's a couple of years. Uh, they're, they're away on holiday, and they receive a letter uh, from a photographer. Uh, photographer's name is Martin McNeil, and he took the photo of Ray Harryhausen that was used in um, in Top Hat Gaming Man's video. Um, but uh, yeah, on his channel, uh, obviously he'd used this photo for this Streets of Rage video. Uh, photographer finds out, con contacts him, and says, "Oh, by the way, this is a you know this is a copyrighted uh, commercial work. Uh, here's the bill for the license uh, retrospectively, and the bill's for like four hundred and seventy. It's just under five hundred quid, and." Um, I should mention that um, I mentioned a little bit about my day job uh, in the previous episode, and hopefully you'll see where this is going. Um, and I do a bit of work for a, a, a food production company. Well, another one of my customers is in the world of um, like retail, interactive demos, um, demoing the latest hardware, that kind of thing. So if you go into Harrods in, in London and you go to Samsung's uh, flagship uh, electronics store on the fifth floor, uh, you'll see a load of uh, small touchscreens next to all of their TVs and their, their home cinema systems and that kind of thing. And they're running a HTML interface that uh, that my company made. Uh, and if you press buttons on there, it triggers playback on the TVs. So we have these network media players. Uh, that's what the company, the company that we partner with, uh, do all of the hardware. Uh, we do the software side of it. We have these network media players, and uh, yeah, essentially, as as a potential customer, you can go in there and you can say, okay, I want to see what. A football match looks like on this thing, or a, or you know, a movie or whatever. And for that, uh, the agencies that we work with to produce that content, we have to we have to license it. So we've got uh, clips from uh, Formula One, uh, we've got uh, Premier League football, uh, we've got uh, movies uh, like Marvel and, and Disney and you know latest movies, stuff that's uh, very fast moving, very loud, very colourful, um, just to sort of demonstrate the best of, of what these TVs can do. And we've got these in, in Dixon's stores all over the country. We've got them in John Lewis stores. Um, I think there's some in uh, Selfridges, also in London. Um, they're all over the place, and, and they're running various different types of content depending on the devices that we're, we're demoing and that kind of stuff. And uh, essentially where I'm going with all this is that uh, sometimes an agency will use placeholder content. They know that we're, that we're, we're going to have sport on there, and they know that we're going to have a movie on there. Uh, but it's not been cleared yet with the rights holders, and so they send over a placeholder, and, and we kind of use that to test the system. And there have been times in the past where that has actually gone out to, um, you know, 
at somewhere, there, there are various different agencies involved. And at some point in the chain, uh, some communication hasn't happened and we've been sent content that we thought was final. Uh, we've put that out live uh, sort of into retail stores. And then we've had pushback from the rights holders who said, uh, by the way, you haven't paid for the license for that. And we've either had a bill or we've been uh, we've had to change it very quickly uh, before we get the bill. Um, but in cases where stuff's been out for a very long time, um, obviously, of course, you're kind of expected to pay uh, to use that retroactively. And that's very, very common in the world of sort of uh, commercial content. Um, so when they received this letter uh, from this photographer saying, by the way, we own the, I own the rights to that photo, uh, the New York Times website where you found that photo um, paid me this amount for it. Um, so I think it's only reasonable to expect you to, uh, to pay up. And... Um, so this was all aimed at Top Hat Gaming Man on, on his channel, and um, his, his his wife, Chloe, uh, Lady Decade, uh, she went onto a Discord server, um, and she was talking to some fellow YouTube creators and saying this is all completely unreasonable, and they were kind of uh, talking back and saying, well, you, you know, just uh, don't say anything publicly, just kind of uh, get the situation straight. Um, you're probably going to have to pay for this, or at least talk to some kind of legal representation and, and kind of find out where you stand on it all. And uh, then, then kind of uh, completely out of the blue, uh, completely unexpected um, by anyone in the community, uh, she, she puts out this video where she's, she's crying and saying, oh, you know, we're being extorted and this guy's being completely unreasonable. Um, doesn't mention the guy's name, but um, essentially leaves enough clues in there that uh, people immediately track him down and track down all of his social media accounts and all of a sudden this guy's being sent death threats and, and all kinds of stuff, of course. Obviously, there's no way of knowing how uh, how legitimate they are, but um, incredibly unpleasant thing um, to have to go through just to be expected to be paid for your work, kind of thing, which is which is ultimately what he was doing. Um, they took, um, particularly took um, offence to the fact that he'd used uh, YouTube's copyright claim system. Um, the copyright claim system can be a bit heavy-handed. Um, it can have videos taken down. And if a claim turns into a strike, then if you get three of those, then your whole channel can be taken down. Uh, it's obviously quite a scary situation for a, a content creator to be in to, to, to receive those strikes and those claims. Um, but again, it's the system that YouTube have in place. And as a copyright holder, um, that's the process that you go through to, uh, to, to get paid for your content. So two sides to that coin, um, as there are with everything. So that's the situation. Now you're going to say, well, why are you talking about this? Because this this was last year. It's all dead and buried. Nobody's talking about this apart from the, you know, the small group of trolls that are constantly trying to bring it up and and and, you know, cause trouble and and <laughs> draw draw uh, uh, divisions, drive a wedge between people in the community um, and use it as le leverage. These are people that didn't like um, Top Hat Gaming Man and, and, and Lady Decade in the first place, and have obviously seen this as an opportunity to say, look, you see, we were right all along. Not defending them, uh, not defending the trolls, not picking sides at all, I hope. Uh, I hope this has all been fairly neutral so far. Now, the reason I, uh, the reason I, I raise this subject is because it relates to my retro problem. Now you're going to say, well, you know, has this happened to you? Have you kept it all quiet? Are you being trolled by people? That kind of thing. Um, and my problem at the time was that um, I got really obsessed with this. So like I say, there was this small group of trolls that were just stirring up trouble. Uh, some of them were making videos, attacking various people involved, um, constantly just, just stirring up, um, like I say, divisions on Twitter and, and trying to say, you know, look at these people, they're, they're exploiting their audience. You know, she, he's this guy's shoved a 
camera in his crying wife's face to try and get money out of people and look here's evidence that they've been trying to push their patreon in the past and, and trying to you know get money out of people and look they've got all these thousands of pounds worth of games and aren't they evil and that kind of thing and no matter which which side you choose um to be on um and and the the really smart people in this situation are the people who didn't pick a side um the famous line from war games the only winning move is not to play um, but yeah, I was obsessed with it. There were people making videos about it. I was watching them all as soon as they came out. I, you know, I was sending links to people. I was messaging people saying, oh, God, you know, look, have you heard this? Look at, look at the latest development kind of thing. And it's incredibly unhealthy, this whole uh, social media thing, this whole becoming so emotionally invested in someone else's business that doesn't affect me. Um, and a few people, a few of my sort of fellow YouTubers and, and content content creators, I guess I call them, um, also, uh, they actually got uh, caught up in this to the point where they felt the need to make videos on their channels and say, look, you know, I, I've worked with these people in the past, but I'm definitely not going to work with them again because they're bad and they're wrong. And, you know, I'm really sorry about all this. And then, of course, the same trolls that were demanding that they put stuff out addressing this situation uh, turned on them and started attacking them. And uh, they were like, oh, you know, this isn't good enough. You need to uh, you need to make a stronger statement. And I can't believe that you've worked with them and all this kind of stuff. And it's like... It, it's crazy. This 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 terminally, perpetually online social media, um, parasocial bullshit that uh, some people get get wrapped up in. And like I say, I I, I was guilty of it myself. And um, anyway, a, a few weeks back, I decided to uh, this this is actually not not really all that connected to this. But um, a few weeks back, I decided I'd take a bit of a break from. Twitter specifically, um, I was spending a lot of time on there. Uh, stuff like this, I mean, that's just an example, uh, but stuff like this that I, I was just getting carried away with. And I just thought, you know, I, I need to, I need to get on with my job, and I need to get on with making these videos. And uh, you know, this this isn't oh, this isn't a, a good way to live your life. So I actually deleted the Twitter app off my phone, and I uh, I usually have a, a pinned tab uh, with Twitter on. I use Firefox as my browser, and I uh, I unpinned that. Uh, so obviously that just to break that kind of habitual, just clicking on it when I've got a spare second, and you know just think oh I'll just have a scroll through. Um, and you know there were, there, there were even like specific accounts that I. Um, don't follow, but uh, people who were kind of involved with the drama and, and who were reporting on this drama, and I was I was actually specifically going to their accounts just to see what they were saying. Part of it was because I was I'm quite I was quite close to some of the people who were involved, and you know I was, I was a bit concerned that maybe my name would come up at some point, even though I you know, I'm, don't have any kind of connection to it. But uh, it, it seemed at one point that they were just going after anyone and everyone. Um, and uh, you know, obviously, some of those people are people I would include among my friends, and, and seeing people sort of bad mouthing them and saying bad things about them online was uh, it, it was like you know this isn't on. Um, so uh, anyway, um, yeah, I'd uh, unpinned the uh, Twitter uh, pin tab that I have, deleted the app on my phone, and uh, went back over to Mastodon. Um, I post quite regularly on Mastodon, uh, by the way. I'm, I'm on uh, oldbytes.space on that instance. Um, really different community over there. Um, it has its own set of problems, um, its own sort of set of politics and things. I know, I know they don't like to admit it, and obviously Twitter's uh, Twitter's the big evil, and, and Mastodon's kind of the the safe space and the refuge from all of that. But um, like like any uh, sort of big online community or, or any any community, um, of course, it's going to have its own set of um, disputes and, and disagreements and. 
Um, there, there, there was one. There was one. One run-in I had with someone where I, 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 I was talking about. Uh, they were talking about retweets and about quoting other people and that kind of stuff. And I'd seen a few people asking for it on Mastodon, and I, I, I posted something very innocent, just saying, you know, but you know, what is the utility of kind of copying this one specific feature from another social network? You know, Mastodon's kind of its own thing. Um, and there was one guy who really, really took offence to that and started bombarding me with all these messages and calling me a snowflake and all sorts of stuff. And it, it just didn't make any sense. Um, he accused me of being a racist. And um, this, this, I mean, this was all long ago. This, this was before kind of this latest um, instance. But it's just an example that, you know, any online community has uh, its fair share of idiots. So, yeah, I was off Twitter for a few weeks Um and then the other day I went back on there because I had a video to promote and I saw that I'd had some messages and things. Um, I'd done the Xbox video and I had a message from someone in that community, which was really nice, um, giving me a load more sort of background information, which uh, was really helpful. Um, got chatting to the guy, really nice guy. And um, I thought, oh, you know, maybe Twitter's not so bad after all. So I tweeted. Um, I tweeted. Uh, I don't actually have it up in front of me. Uh, let's get this up so I can just quote it properly. So the tweet that I put out uh, was, uh, as someone who makes YouTube videos about various systems, you start to get a feeling of how friendly each community is to outsiders. Dragon32 people, good people. Auric people, good people. OG Xbox people, good people. I guess people recognise when you put the work in. And uh, that, was a, that was a direct response uh, from the message, well, to the message that I had from this, this Xbox person, you know, it's like, you know, he'd he'd recognised that I put a lot of work into my video and and sent me some more information on on some of the stuff that uh, I'd been talking about, and uh, that that tweet has had a, a lot of interaction, and I had some DMs from people, and I've had some replies from people, and the surprising thing is, just how many people took that tweet as a negative thing, so. I, you know, I just wanted to sort of shout out three specific communities that I'd had good re reactions uh, from in the past when I'd, I'd kind of covered their stuff. Um, 280 character limit, so that, you know that tweet was close to that limit, so I couldn't mention everyone. Um, but uh, yeah, some people uh, I don't want to name <laughs> any uh, specific people, but some people thought that uh, you know, or, or I, I haven't uh, specifically named specific communities because I, this tweet is like a, a thinly veiled attack on them and uh, then it led to a whole debate about uh, uh, some people saying oh yeah you know some people in this community that are bad but they're, they're not all bad you know it's the same with all communities which is which is absolutely true and i just I was, I was really surprised that um i could take a tweet that, that, that was intended to be quite positive um and just say oh you know aren't these aren't these retro communities great people and uh, some people would read that and uh, take offense to it and, and think that uh, I was implying something negative and, and maybe maybe even kind of intending it as a, a kind of veiled attack on people. And I think that's that's the problem with Twitter. That is what it all boils down to. And that is what I've basically spent the past, God, what is it, 15, 20 minutes uh, trying to get to the point of. Um, you know, you, you tweet something on Twitter and you have to be so careful about what you say because people just seem to think that it's a negative place by default. Um, and it's true, it, it is. it can be a dumping ground for, for all sorts of negative emotions, people shouting into the void, uh, they're kind of their form of therapy. And you read something and you know, you, you've only got 280 characters, so you've got to keep it incredibly brief. Um, 
and you know you can't necessarily go into nuance and stuff like that and you see people tweeting these things and for some reason some people just assume the worst for everything that they see online and um i can't say i blame them it's not um you know it's it's not some kind of indictment of uh, them as individuals it's just uh, it's just the system of, of as a whole and um the, the environment that it's created this these social media echo chambers these culture wars this us versus them bullshit um attitude that uh, we we're, we're kind of forced because ultimately it's all good for engagement you know you, you get people arguing and they're, they're going to sit there and they're going to back and forth at each other and that means they spend more time on the site it means they post more stuff it means they engage more with other people's stuff and ultimately it means they look at more adverts and make more money for that platform and that's why that stuff ends up just taking over completely because uh, ultimately it benefits the, the people involved um so that's my rant about that um so I'm, i want to spend some more time away from social media really and, and just kind of concentrate on videos um Ultimately, I think in the early days of a YouTube channel, uh, one of the best pieces of advice is, is to engage with your audience. And I really try to. Um, I try to respond to everyone. Um, but it gets to a point where a lot of that stuff is quite negative. Um, you know, YouTube comments and, and stuff like that. Um, I, I, I don't share any of my negative comments anywhere, um, even with friends or in, uh, you know, YouTuber groups or, or on social media, that kind of thing. Because ultimately those people just want attention and, and they just want to perpetuate uh, negativity and all you're doing by sharing that all right it's good to vent and it's good to get it off your chest um, and sometimes it's good to say you know what the hell is this idiot talking about kind of thing um, but ultimately it's perpetuating that and it's giving them what they want by uh, kind of giving them more of a platform so uh, I refuse to do it uh, but I did I did have I did have a, a negative comment just the other day from someone um, picking fault with a, a particular like a particular phrase that I'd just come out with. Um, that was it. That was in an unscripted video as well. I can't even remember what it was now. Um, but yeah, there, there's some people that get like triggered by certain turns of phrase and certain words, and particularly as I think as as like a, a British person uh, making YouTube videos, sometimes people will, uh, if they're not British, um, and, and I say something that's quite common in British English, but not where they're from, they'll they'll be like, oh, you know, I'm they'll pick fault with that and they'll criticize that and uh, and 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 the the inverse also applies as well i get fellow british people who watch my videos and when i say things that uh, they deem to be not british english um you know american phrases that are kind of slowly starting to creep into british english uh, they take offense at that um so i mean ultimately uh, what you need to do on youtube is just be yourself um do what you do so not everyone's going to like it um but the vast majority of people who watch regularly are going to like it um so just why why waste your time uh, thinking about the people that don't. It's not worth changing uh, what you want to do and, and moulding yourself into something that you don't want to be for the sake of people that don't like you anyway. So that's Reese's motivational uh, speech out of the way. Uh, seems I've still got five minutes and there is something else that I wanted to talk about in this ramble. So let's just go back to my other document. And um, yeah, so just on a completely different topic, uh, I say a, different, a completely different topic. Uh, it is related to the whole YouTube stuff. Uh, I watched a video just the other day on a channel called uh, Jevon Jevon Dovey Jevon Dovey. Um, it's not his main channel; it's his second channel. I'll, I'll obviously link it in the usual places. And uh, he does uh, his main channel. He does travel videos. It goes all over the world, and uh, you know makes these really cool, epic, epically shot videos with uh, you know drone shots and, and all that kind of stuff. Really, really cool stuff. 
and he set himself a challenge. Now, his challenge was to was to grow his second channel, and uh, he did that using YouTube Shorts. Now, I appreciate a lot of people listening have probably just turned off, and I just want to say I I don't watch. YouTube Shorts. I've, I've never gone to the YouTube mobile app and, and gone to Shorts and just flicked through them. I have done on TikTok in the past. Um, that was another one that I ended up spending too much time on and ended up uninstalling. Um, and I, I still do occasionally on Instagram, Instagram Reels. I think they're a bit less um, a bit less kind of engagement baity and a bit more... I don't know if it's just the stuff that the Instagram algorithms kind of learnt about me and the kind of stuff that it recommends to me. Um, but I, I do find those maybe slightly better quality and, and slightly less um, kind of compulsive viewing for, for some reason. I'm not quite sure why. Uh, but sometimes you just want to turn your brain off and just flick through some stuff and, you know, see some funny cats or whatever. There's, there's no harm in that. Um, so, yeah, on, on the subject of this video by, the, by, by Jevon... Um, he released 30 shorts in 30 days. So he picked a month, uh, he made 30 YouTube shorts, and over the course of that month, he released one short per day. Now, the first week or so, he got very, very few views on them. Um, it didn't really make much difference, but he stuck at it, carried on releasing them. And then all of a sudden, he saw this huge burst of growth um, in, on his other videos as well on his channel, not just on the shorts. The shorts did kind of uh, feed back into themselves, and of course, the way that they work, if you if you see, well, the way it works on Instagram, I presume it's the same on YouTube because they just copy stuff from other people now rather than coming up with their own original ideas. Um, the way it works, uh, basically, you see something that you like, um, you find it entertaining or informative or whatever, uh, you like it, you flick through to the next one, and the algorithm says, okay, they like this video, I'm going to recommend some more similar to that. And it will recommend videos generally by the same creators that you've already liked, because obviously people, their, their channels tend to cover uh, similar subject matter in a similar style. So if you liked one of their videos, you're probably going to like one of their other videos. And that's true of YouTube as a whole as well, obviously not just shorts. So that's exactly what he did. Um, and after the first couple of weeks, uh, his shorts started getting like mil millions, like literally millions of views. And that was all feeding back into his normal videos on his channel as well, and he was getting more subscribers, and he was getting more views on his videos and more likes, um, and just kind of grew the whole thing. It, it was like a like, like a growth hack for his for his channel. So I saw that, and I thought, well, I'm I'm starting to err towards having aspirations of world domination. Really, um, and this is probably the first time I've mentioned this publicly, but um, my YouTube channel up to this point has been. Uh, you know, uh, I make the videos that I want to make and the kind of videos that I want to watch. And I, I'm really proud of my videos. I go back and obviously I don't go back and watch them all the time. But uh, when I do need to go back and watch them because there's a bit of information I want to mention again or whatever, um, I sit there and I think this is a good video. And uh, that's probably quite narcissistic of me, isn't it? But um, just kind of proud of my own work and what I put out. And I just think, yeah, you know, this this is... This is good. This this benefits YouTube and, and society as a whole, uh, the fact that this thing exists. Um, I know, I've got a huge ego. I'm a YouTuber. What, what, what can I say? But um, I think up, up, up until this point, I've, I've just been doing it just for the love of making the videos and because I'm, I'm already playing with this stuff. Um, and making a video kind of enhances that for me. It's, it's like an extra dimension to this hobby that I do. Uh, and kind of, um, you know, it makes it... Uh, makes it even better for me because I also enjoy the process of putting videos together. I mean, that's why I spend a lot of money on on equipment and uh, a lot of time, you know, editing and researching and that kind of stuff. 
And I want more people to see those videos, you know? Um, because I'm proud of them, and I think people will like them. And I think it's an incredibly competitive environment on YouTube, and it's quite hard to get seen and to get your voice out there. So I thought, I'll try it. Let's do this 30-day uh, daily shorts challenge. And so that's what I'm going to do in April. And I've, uh, I have, how many shorts have I got so far? I think I've got six that I've finished completely. Uh, they're uploaded, they're ready to go. I'm going to schedule those to release, uh, you know, for the first six days in April. I've got four more that I've fully scripted. Um, of course, these videos are less than a minute. Uh, some of them are as short as 30 seconds. Um, they reuse existing footage, so I just go back to the old project. Um, in this case, I did, I did the uh, seven Atari rarities and, and prototypes uh, video where I looked at some old, interesting, rare Atari controllers from over the years. Um, I looked at a, a prototype Pac-Man cartridge, Pong machines, the video music, all stuff I've kind of done before. And of course, I've got loads of B-roll footage in that project, so it's a case of uh, take what I, I said in that video about that thing, condense it down to less than a minute, record a very quick voiceover, and I, I literally am just doing these in one take, and uh, not fanning around with all the editing and stuff that I usually do. Um, and then just drop bits of B-roll footage on top of it. And then there's a, a website, a service that I use called Happy Scribe, and I'll link that as well uh, in the usual places. And what that does is it, uh, it does an excellent job of automatically transcribing um, your videos, so it can pick up on what you're saying and add basically hard-coded, uh, baked-in subtitles on top of those, which you need on shorts and reels and TikToks and that kind of thing, because a lot of people watch them with the sound off or or whatever. Um, but yeah, but it's just kind of the done thing over there. And uh, yeah, like over the course of a weekend, I basically made 10 of these things with, with very little effort, even though I had a lot of other stuff on and I was working on other videos. Um, and it's quite fun to just sit down for half an hour and just kind of pop one of these things out. So I'm going to do that, and I'm going to see what difference it makes to the channel. Um, obviously, like, like I said, this, this other channel that I watched that did it uh, was into travel stuff, and I think the format maybe sort, suits that a bit better than what I'm doing. But mine, are, they're kind of educational, so it's, uh, it's like a, a did, you know, um, did you know about the Atari CX-10 joystick, which uh, predated the CX-40 joystick, which we all know and love, and here are the internal differences, uh, here's how different it feels to use, um, here's the story of the console that it came with and all that kind of stuff. And just to just pick one kind of small and interesting fact from each video um, and just talk about it for uh, 30 minutes to a minute. So hopefully they'll be well received. Um, I'm not quite sure how I'm going to share those with people. So we get an option in the back end on, on YouTube Studio, which is, is published to subscriber feed and notify subscribers, I think is, is, is the wording of it. Um, I'm going to untick that box because otherwise people will get them popping up in their notifications and stuff. And I appreciate that uh, the, the vast majority of people who will sit down and watch proper long-form videos aren't the same audience that will watch shorts. Um, I think it does... It does. Obviously, it's that overlap that you're try trying to capture, really. Some people will only ever watch shorts, and that's fine, that's up to them. Um, some people will only ever watch proper long-form content. But there's actually quite an overlap uh, between people who will watch both, and it's just kind of capturing that audience, I think, and also just giving the channel a bit of a boost um, algorithmically. And ultimately, these things are they're, they're fun to put together. I've, I've had quite a, a fun time making them. I'm going to run out of content before too long because there's only a very limited sort of subset of what I've done so far that, that sort of translates into that format. Um, but yeah, interesting experiment. So uh, I hope you will will, will humour me. Um, hopefully it won't have too much of a knock-on effect on the other stuff that I'm doing. 
So yeah, just uh, just an interesting project. Right, um, I think that's enough for this week's ramble. Um, time seems just about spot on. So uh, thank you very much for listening. Go and check out my main channel, Control Alt Reese. I think uh, it's taken me this long to mention that uh, this isn't my main channel. Uh, hopefully, my regular listeners will uh, will know that by now. So uh, thank you, um, and that's it. Goodbye.